The scripture reading this morning is from the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 9 through 15. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan, and he was in the wild. He was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, "The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news." Our text this morning uh, tells the beginning of Jesus' ministry, uh, some of the preparatory things Jesus decides to do to get ready. Uh, And I notice as I read through this very short telling of big events, that there's a lot of strong language, almost violent language going on. The heavens are torn open when uh, a voice from heaven comes down, Jesus is baptized, and then driven out into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, and John is arrested and taken into captivity. There's just a lot of strong language and things happening there that are jarring and unsettling. And of course, in the middle of there, there's also a lot of affirmation as well. Jesus is is baptized and the Holy Spirit descends like a dove and a voice is heard affirming Jesus, this is my son, you are my son in whom I am well pleased. Uh, Coming from a voice of God and angels attend to Jesus out in the wilderness where where he's battling Satan and wild beasts and every other kind of thing. There's this incredible contrast in this short telling of of Jesus' preparations. There's this incredible contrast that goes on between uh, those difficult things and uh, these very affirming things that really sets up Jesus' entire life and ministry uh, as he goes throughout his life. Here we have Jesus preparing for that ministry by going through a ritual cleansing, comes to John, and this baptism with John, there's a lot packed into that, and many people question why does Jesus need to be baptized if he was the Son of God, but really what the function, what one of the things that happens here in the book of Mark is that Jesus' baptism by John aligns Jesus with the ministry that John was doing. In other words, what Jesus wants to say here is that John and I are on the same page. The message that John brings to the world is the same message that I'm bringing to the world, although Jesus does quite a bit more with it uh, and takes it to a whole different level. So after this ritual cleansing, immediately we are told, immediately the The Holy Spirit drives Jesus out into the wilderness where he spends 40 days 
fasting and, and 40 days confronting Satan and dealing with wild beasts. Some of the other Gospels expand on this, but Mark just says 40 days of dealing with, with Satan out there. And, you know, if you're like me, this, some of this sounds a little familiar. Uh, it seems like the minute I hit the pinnacle of my faith life, it seems like the minute I'm starting to feel the presence of God in a very real way, it seems like the minute I feel like things are finally locked in with me and Jesus, something comes along to try and drag that away and to, to take the shine off that lawn. I was baptized when I was about 14 years old and I had, it, you know, my faith journey was a was easy. I mean, it was easy. And it was just filled with joy and wonderful things. And, and that day I came forward at church, I mean, I just felt like it was the pinnacle of my faith journey. And, and my faith was so strong. And I did, I, it felt like I, I remember, you know, 14, I knew everything and I thought I had it all together. You remember that? Remember what it, how great it was to know everything and feel like you have it all together? Uh, that was me at 14 and 16 and 18. <laughs> then it started to go downhill from there. But then, when I was 14, and I, and I and I that day I got baptized, it was just spectacular. And it seemed like almost immediate, I was conf- my faith was confronted, my faith was challenged, my faith was questioned, and and I found myself struggling, and I found myself having to. To figure it all out again and again and again. You know, I thought that my my faith would be this shiny trophy that I, I could put up on a shelf and admire. You know, I thought I'd made it. But it seems that, and, and, you, know, every, you know, not that you're going to make it, you know, 14 is pretty young. But still, I just felt like there it was. I, I finally achieved what I needed. I could just stick it up there on the shelf and admire it. But that wasn't the case. In fact, I had to, it was more like a tool I had to keep taking out, or even a weapon that I had to keep brandishing and, and keep sharp. Because uh, all of the struggle and all of the confrontation and all of the challenges that came along, all of the temptations like Jesus had to deal with, and all of the wild beasts that would uh, confront my faith, I had to take that faith down and use it. And it got worn out, bedraggled, uh, ragged on the edges, and torn up. It wasn't, I had to keep sharpening it. Sometimes it felt like this faith I wielded just wasn't going to be strong enough. Sometimes I was afraid it was just going to break altogether. I wasn't going to withstand the storms and the confrontations and the, the battles that I felt like I had to wait. Sometimes I left it at home. I just threw it in the corner under some a coat or something. Slipped under my bed where I, I didn't even really see it anymore. Lost in my car, you know, <laughs> with a lot of other McDonald's bags and things like that. I, I went out there without it. I had to go hunt for it when I needed it. I had to go looking, digging through stuff, moving things around to try and find that faith again. 
And it seems like that's, it feels like that's the norm Christian life, doesn't it? It feels like we, we have these moments of utter ecstasy. We have these moments of, of great passion and, and when, when the, the reality of God seems so real. An epiphany, we call it in the biz. When we can just see with such clarity God's love and God's joy in us and, and God's desire for ourselves and the world we live in. It seems like almost immediately or, or even hand in hand with those come challenges that make us question. Either it's, either it's people who look at you and go, are you crazy for believing that? And, and, you know, for me it was, I got attacked on both sides. I got people from a different form of Christianity that tried to tell me the way I believe wasn't right and I should really get on board with the way they believe. And then I got a bunch of other people that say, believe is just stupid all the way around. And <laughs> you ought to just uh, walk away from that and, and get some sense, boy. And, and I got hit by those. And then I got, and you get hit by life circumstances. You know, up till 14, everything was going great. Well, of course it was. You're 14. Everything went, everything fell into place. I got three squares a day, a nice bed to lay in, right? Mom and dad that cared about me. Brothers that drove me around. <laughs> All of that good stuff. And then things don't start going your way. People start betraying you and you find yourself getting hurt. People start getting hurt around you. Things stop to make sense. The world looks like it's falling apart. All the, the, the shiny ideals that you've been taught all of a sudden don't seem so shiny and they don't seem to be for everybody. And you start to question that and you wonder where is God in all of this? People die. People you love die or are hurting. The circumstances in their lives seem to fall apart and you're wondering where are you God? Why aren't you fixing this? Sometimes you just your heart gets broken by a person or by a situation. You find yourself a faithful, hard-working individual, and yet you still cannot get ahead. Still find yourself out on your butt, trying to figure out how you're going to take care of your family, your, your bills, and all those things. Those things that add up. They chip away at your faith. you got to struggle. And of course, then there's other times. I'm reminded in this story, in this brief little story, that Jesus, even out in the wilderness, didn't go out there alone. That as he battled with Satan and dealt with wild beasts and hunger and thirst, angels attended to him. Amen. Angels came and attended to him. God, you know, God has been at work this, through this whole story, descending like a dove. The Spirit of God reaches out to Jesus and affirms who He is. Angels, the Spirit of God working through them, attending to Jesus' needs when He finds Himself weak and vulnerable. Now, for me, it was always other people. It was always people who came who nurtured me, who got me through, who restored my faith in what God was doing, 
how God could work in our lives. There's always angels <laughs> coming alongside who help me sharpen that faith and get it ready to deal with what comes out, comes next. As we are, as we are confronted and we reflect on that faith that we have to fight for, that we have to struggle for, that we have to really work at, that can become a shield against the hurt and the, 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 the sorrows of this world. But it's something we have to develop and hone. Uh, I guess I want to invite us all to reflect today on what are those things that are challenging my faith today? What is really making it hard? I'm going to invite the praise band to come up. They're, we're going to uh, play a little, uh, a little bit. And you have a piece of paper on there. Uh, I want you to answer for yourself. And you don't need to put your name on it. No, one, no one's going to know who you are or whatever. I want you to reflect a little few moments on what is it out there that's really challenging my faith right now. And feel free to write that down or write some things about it or even draw a picture. It doesn't matter. It's between you and God. And then we've got our prayer wall here. All through Lent, we're going to be reflecting and, and doing some some prayers. It's reminiscent of the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem, right? And so roll up your prayer and put it in one of the niches in the, in the prayer wall. You can do that while we sing this last song or, or on your way out. But you've got a few minutes uh, in the pews to reflect on this question. I'm going to pray and then we'll start this. Loving and gracious God, we we are aware that our, our faith goes through ebbs and flows of being so on fire for you and then sometimes it's just kind of meh. And we find ourselves struggling, wondering where you are. Sometimes we even find ourselves in the position of just rejecting altogether that faith that used to mean so much to us. God, we help. We ask you to help us deal with those challenges that, that confront our faith. That we might have a strong faith that helps us get through this life. Helps us live that life to the fullest and live out the kingdom of God in the world around us. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.